0: We have a conversation with david dunham uh entrepreneur uh, talks about his transition from his um kind of job that he had to go through to find out his his true purpose and passion um his business focusing on helping people mental health through movement nutrition um things of that nature and so we get we get a deep dive in, uh, into his life personal and business and everything in between and uh so a lot of good things coming from that one um tim what else you got
1: being able to hear what he did what he did with his own research into his own body and health and how his interest in that and the impact it made on his own life how he was able to kind of use that as a passion to help other people and that's kind of what helped start his business in seven wholeness and what eventually evolved into his what's your own business and
0: yeah give a brief uh brief rundown of that yeah so uh, just so they know what what we're about to get into.
1: Yeah, so he's gonna just talk about those businesses and and what he's what he was trying to help people with through those businesses in terms of living a healthier life from a diet standpoint, from a mental health standpoint, from a social standpoint, and how his own experiences in doing the research for himself kind of inspired him to help give advice to other people and help people through their own personal uh, lives through his businesses, which was cool to see.
0: Yeah, he had so, some. What was your do you have a favorite takeaway?
1: Um, definitely the friend ac- acronym that he talked about. i was thinking um, about that, yeah. Forgiving yourself, reflecting yourself, initiating a change, encouraging yourself, nourishing yourself um, from an emotional and spiritual standpoint, and then dedicating yourself. Hearing him talk about that acronym yeah. is cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, so here's us talking to David Dunham. I mean, yeah, we'll just get in whatever. It's already rolling. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like your shirt, though. Thanks. I remember uh, I was getting rushed by the fraternity and someone was like, you know, what's like your asset to, what do you bring? I was like, dude, just be a good human. Like my mom was like, just be a good human and the rest is going to take care of it. So I like the, be a good person shirt.
2: Yeah. I found it online. It's a company (laughs) company out of New York. I was like, man, that just got, it's so basic, but right. Yeah. forget to be like that. So easy to do, easy to not do. When people look at me and they're like, I love your shirt. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) really? (laughs) Like seven ninety nine. I'd have a remind <laughs> you to be a good person. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, that's cool. But uh, so, what were you those eight years right out of school? What were you doing for the government? So what I worked as an
2: uh, air traffic controller. Sounds stressful. It was. A, <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. It was a pain in the ass some days. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great money. I, and that's the thing. I went right into kind of what society, where I felt society, my family, mm. um, expected of me, is look for the money. I looked for the money. And I found it, um, and I worked my butt off, and I was did very well at my job and my career, um, but I kind of lost that um, connection um, to myself, and really wasn't cognizant of really my actions or life in general. So, like at twenty nine, almost thirty, uh, it was counting down my retirement. I was counting down gotcha. when I could retire, and yeah. I was. I was like, okay, this is very unhealthy, <laughs> and you know, this is where I feel a lot of people get stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like after, you know, making one hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, this is this is where I should be. Yeah. Um, this is what's expected of me, and um, I was probably the most unhappiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. So I decided to get with out more
0: money than at that age you probably knew what to do with. Just yeah, yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, so how did you? Was there a certain? thing that happened where you're like, okay, I need to get out. Like, so how did you go from that to now you're in movement? Um, I know when I was looking on your site, you have multiple certifications, so you've kind of done a little of everything, it seems. So how did, what that look like then in terms of your journey of like getting back happiness and better health spiritually, mentally, like, and what does that look like now and in going into the business?
2: Yeah. So, um, I hit a wall probably a couple of times through, uh, early in my career. Um, right after college of kind of what was expected again uh, most of my friends are getting married they were having kids you know I kind of joined in I built a house I mean I did all those things um, I didn't get married or have kids at the time and um, I just kept fueling my um, I guess my life with was somewhat of alcohol but just my time with work was so off like I just didn't my schedule was not conducive to really a healthy lifestyle. Okay. And so I was doing a lot of shift work and I just became mentally, physically exhausted. And I feel like I, I looked like I was 60 at 28. Like I just felt like, yeah, just exhausted.
0: Do you have like overnight shifts or did they move you around a lot? Yeah, just... so
2: most of all my shifts were only eight hours apart. Okay. So like my last three days really just killed me. Uh, my last three shifts were like a Thursday from a one to nine PM, I went back in on Friday from six AM oh, till yeah. two PM, and I worked Friday night from ten PM till six AM. Yeah, I'd, so I'd I was just like <laughs> just oh my god, god. Oh, yeah, it just screwed me over, yeah. you know. Um, and I got to the point um, to where I wasn't necessarily suicidal, but my dad had committed suicide when I was nine years old. Oh shit! And so. Um, a lot of those things I had been processing as a, as a child and then through my teenage years and as an adult, um, one night I um, had the thought of, like, this is, must have been how my dad felt because he kind of accomplished everything in his life that he wanted to accomplish at an early age, and he committed suicide at 36 Jeez. and left, you know, me and my three brothers and my mom, and he wouldn't have done that, no you know. I don't think consciously or lovingly uh, as he was, he wouldn't have done that with a, with a straight mind. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of scared me a little bit. And so I um, really took inventory of, of myself and thought, man, we're really not taught, or at least I wasn't taught how to be cognizant of my current state. And what I mean by that, like what environment am I in? How do I, how do I feel? What are my emotions? What does my body need? Typically I went off of, Um, just scheduling things in life right and if one area was dying so to speak my career was suffering then I would focus all my time and energy on my career if my finances were suffering I would I would focus on that relationships there really wasn't a balance but they really didn't even if I had a balance they weren't intertwined and I found they weren't intertwined because like I'd been living my life off of what people had told me the expectation. Was, right, an expectation or like a family tradition or something that I just had taken for truth versus researching myself. This is just myself. how it is, yeah. So I, um, I left my job, and I, I took two years off, full off from employment. it's awesome. Um, remodeled an old farmhouse. I bought a farmhouse, and I just spent two years really remodeling that and myself at the same time and get, getting rid of um, false beliefs in my mind. And that was socially, intellectually, physically, uh, mentally. And that's kind of when I started to redevelop uh, my fitness, nutrition, my mindset, my outlook on life. And that's kind of what developed in my business, which really wasn't intended. Um, it was probably, um, it'd probably be 99 or 100th business on my list that I would open. <laughs> it would not be the first, Yeah. Um, but I felt drawn to that because people were drawn to me because um, they could see a change. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I could filter into them and help them through physical fitness and nutrition and it could change their life and mine so it's really kind of why i decided to go back to butler and why i'm doing my business is really to advocate for others and i'm I'm really not sure where it's going to go from here that's cool
1: no it's cool that you kind of used your own experience you made kind of a turnaround uh, shift and being able to use your own experience it makes i guess it more authentic when you go and do that for other people and was there like i know you said you remodeled yourself was there a specific point in time where you realized, hey, like, I want to teach this to other people? And I guess what were the steps you took to, I guess, like forming your business that you did?
2: Yeah, the, the steps, I guess, um, you know, I travel quite a bit through those two years and mostly all in the States because mm-hmm. um, I was going to open up a bicycle shop slash brewery slash coffee shop. That sounds lit. Because I really wanted to (laughs) call it six
0: packs or something. Just you bike and you go get some beers. That's (laughs) awesome. Wow. Oh my gosh. All right.
1: (laughs) Write that down.
2: Take (laughs) that out of the podcast because we're going to develop that. We're we're going to edit that and keep that to ourselves. You know, so I was traveling. I was meeting with business owners and I was developing a business plan. And it's really what I was going to do. I was just, I'm passionate about, uh, Cycling and just thought, man, make a really very cool environment for people to come in and just hang out all day or, um, you know, just, just really to bring the community together. And um, I'm one in the past that doesn't really like to share. I think a lot of us, we, we, we hold things in, right? Because vulnerability really exposes us um, to negativity and not everybody is, re- you know, willing and open to listen. And uh, a lot of people are still very judgmental, no matter what you share with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I was a little hesitant, even though people could see the outside of me change and they could see my character change. Um, but I was traveling um, to do my business for about a year and a half and getting everything together. And it was it was just very eye opening. I started um, for me for my faith. I just started praying mm-hmm. and says, this is what you want me to do. Like, I'm going to do it because I'm ready and just open up the place for me. If you want me to do something else, please let me know. And, you know, day after day, no matter where I went, somebody would come up to me and ask about physical fitness. And then it would lead into Put the question out there and just- Right, and then it would lead into, I was like, okay, I don't feel like I'm like the pillar of health, you know, here, (laughs) like I'm not Hulk, you know, I'm not like what I envision going up to somebody and go, Oh my gosh, do you work out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but every conversation started that way. And then it went right into them sharing something about themselves. And nine times out of 10, they said, I've never shared this with anybody. And it opened up a door not to give my opinion, but to share my life experiences and just say, these are the steps that I have taken. And um, I found more of just being cognizant of my own self first Mm -hmm. of loving who I am and being a friend to myself. And it's, you know, I made an acronym years ago um, and I kind of shared this with people and it's kind of how I started a friend of myself where I forgive myself for something that I've done, right? Mm -hmm. Each day we do something. I reflect on it. I initiate a change, right? I initiate what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I encourage myself to make that change. I nourish myself, whether it be mentally, physically, spiritually, intellectually, socially. And then I dedicate myself to making that change. So even if I... That's awesome. I like that. That's fire.
1: (laughs) At least somebody had that on a shirt or
2: something. (laughs) Hey,
0: we got it recorded, so now we can do anything with it.
2: (laughs) And then the dedication, you know, even if you fail, right? So like before in my career in college and, and whatever else, I would spend time on committing to things. But I never fully dedicated. If I, if I made plans with somebody and I all of a sudden didn't want to do it, I'd pull out, right? If I committed to run a half marathon or do something physically, mentally, or whatever it was, take a class. And I felt at that time, I didn't want to do it. I automatically just stopped doing it to where now the dedication helped me really push through it. So even if I fail, I'm going to experience growth from it. Even if I get to the middle of it or the beginning of it, and I absolutely hate it. I did de- I decided to do it and I'm gonna push through and do it and I think that's where a lot of us um, kind of don't we, we fail in life so to speak because if, if there's an easy way out right mm-hmm. out of everything that we do mm-hmm. and so that's what really pushed me to change myself and then I started really to do that for other people of forgiving them reflecting encouraging nourishing dedicating um, so it's it's been life-changing for me
0: that's cool So are you uh, super empathic? Like Do you have a heavy empathy side to you? Because you said people share, like, deep, deep shit with you that they don't. Because I have the same thing. Like, I'm my mom's kid. Like, people share deep stuff with her before, like, their own family. And I have a friend at work. She's, like, been divorced as a kid. She, like, I've sat in her cube while she's, like, cried before. Like, plenty of times where it's just people just tell me the deep shit and, like... So I, I don't know, like, if you have the super empathic side too, because like people know and they can tell someone something serious. So that's that's funny to hear, because I was thinking like I was gonna ask. I just <laughs> had, had a feeling you might might be that same way, but it's it's weird. Like some of the things people tell me, like it's yeah, it's and I'm, I'm 25. Like I'm not well gonna be, but still,
2: it's overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the response is I think just as heavy as what getting the information is. Because you can lead somebody um, down the wrong path, I think mm-hmm. very easily, um, and you can also react in a way that could make them close up and, and not want to respond to anybody else. Um, probably the last eight years, I've had that, and it's been probably like you, to where I mean, just people come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. I've been on planes where people have told me they're they used to do drugs, and and their wife sitting right next to them and their wife's mouth is wide open <laughs> and like he, the husband's crying and he's never even told her Jeez, Thanks. but he's telling me on the plank, you know, it's,
0: it's just lean over. You getting all this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It,
2: it's, it's, but that's kind of like humanity. I guess I feel like, um, sometimes we have to listen and you know, there are people that are going to be um, abusive of that so to speak to where they just try to drain the energy out of you because right, they yeah. always have an issue, but on the empathy side like that, like, um, it's been really crazy the last couple of years. So I know like the path that I'm on is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, even at Butler had a, a student athlete came up to me last year of coming out as being gay, oh, wow. um, even before, you know, coming forward to the rest of you know rest the yeah. university. And it was just amazing. It was, um, I was very honored that he even shared. I mean, I had just met this guy. Yeah. Um, he was in one of my classes and, um, I'm so proud of him, I don't want to mention his name. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But but he's so cool, he's one of the coolest guys I've met, and um, it's things like that that, you know, I think there is an energy that people are drawn to certain people. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that happened, and then a couple other things, and I had a a professor last semester pass of uh, Professor Brandon Cole. Um, He was in our, um, he's in my major, and he, um, 32 years old, He and I met um, first week of classes last fall and within three months we were best friends and I was sleeping in his house three nights a week um, because he was passing away of um, stage four melanoma. And so it's it's those type of connections that you can't overlook. Mm -hmm. And they don't make sense to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but you know, it was just one of the, that you had was to probably to do that at that point in time. Yeah, it was one of the craziest reason. things I think I've ever experienced in my life was that, and uh, being with his wife and kids, mm-hmm. and just um, just loving on somebody I didn't know, but at the same time, I felt like I had known for yeah. years. Yeah so you're able that's, to just, true. that's awesome man. there's there's definitely empathy there i think within all of us it's just like you yeah. you just have to find it yeah mm-hmm. and
1: i feel like anybody who you're talking to they just want to feel understood and appreciated yeah. i feel like that's one of the first steps you can do talking to someone and obviously you have a very unique ability to do that with anybody and that's that's a really cool story to hear especially the the fact that he brought you into his house and rely i mean trusting you as a friend to, to be there for him and, such a difficult time for his family. Oh, yeah, most yeah. definitely.
0: It's cool. That's wild. I mean, it's – and then it's heavy. Like you said, it's heavy to take it too because, like, that's your energy now. But uh, that time, like, the universe is like, hey, this person, this family needs you. So it's – man, you haven't dealt with some easy <laughs> easy situations. <laughs> well,
2: I don't think a lot of people do, right? I think there's a lot of crazy shit out there that, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, something I struggle with or something you struggle with, you know – is very different maybe in the subject category but as far as the terms of mentally dealing with it I think you know we all face that struggle that internal struggle and I think I think that's the biggest thing that we overlook and we you know especially now I think there's a lot of judgmental ideas thoughts out there about you know who we are who we're supposed to be and um, I think when we can get past that um, you know all of that can kind of go away
1: finding that deep within yourself about what makes you you and right you, you got to figure out yourself first and but it's, it's easy in a world like today where people are seeking out acceptance and everybody's under a bigger microscope likes now. and friend requests yeah, and that's, oh, yeah. That, that's what the
0: shit, it's a lot. the shit that matters and it's it's painful to see because like I mean we've, we've read about you know studies linking obviously depression and suicide to social media and things it's just like what like I mean, now you're in the health industry, like what's healthy now and what people promote on like Instagram, like is looking healthy, like is usually not the case. Right. And it's just like, that's where people get their information and believe everything that's out there. And it, it's painful to see like, Oh, I need my likes. Like, Oh, I got another like on, on this post. And it's (laughs) like, I know businesses need it, but it's like different when it's like an individual. It's just like. Then you put it out there, and then it hurts you, so then you don't want to put anything else out there. I mean, doing this is kind of scary, putting, like, podcasts out there because we're as open as can be. I mean, um, so we've had, like – I've done the depression-anxiety battle. Like, it's fucking beast. Like, yeah. But we haven't gotten into that yet. We will, but it's – you know, we're going to put it all out there just to – if it helps one person from each – episode we're going to keep doing it and most we definitely we kind of needed we pulled the eight mile and said yeah this is what everyone's going to hate on us for so when we see that or hear that it's like all right what else like we already said that so yeah, right. um
1: the, the the small judgments that people might have are greatly overshadowed by the positive things that we can do with this and the positive things that we ourselves can develop as we do this because i think there's there's so much more people people are going to help than whatever whatever hate we'd ever receive and that's what we want to do is just, is help people. And if we can relate to someone, at least one person with every episode, I mean, I think that's, that's a success in my book. I don't really care about anything else.
2: Yeah. No, that's a great way, I think, to look at it too. I mean, just the, especially getting away from the stigma of mental health, right? Like we all have mental health issues, right? We should be redeveloping our mental health every day, but it's one thing that we really don't want to discuss and um, you know that's something like you say you're 25 right yeah i'll be 25 at the end of the How month are you time? 23 okay so like the brain doesn't fully develop like they're coming out with studies now the f- brain doesn't fully develop until 25 to possibly 28 years old okay so and that's the front of the brain which is the the last part to develop which is the frontal lobe which is really the the processing the thought processing so it's kind of no wonder that you kind of see these things of like teenagers, right? They can't really, they're emotional. They Mm -hmm. can't make a decision. And then you get into still adult years, 18 through 25 or 28, and you have all these different irrational decisions. Well, they still, the brain still hasn't developed fully yet. And so it's kind of wild to look at it that way of like, I think we're putting way too much pressure on society in general, like especially at this age to Mm -hmm. where now there's people that are in their 50s that are still... Processing like they're eighteen years old. Yeah. Yeah. Like stop being whether, so hard on yourself. Everyone right. else is already doing it for you. Yeah. <laughs> because whether it's traumatic experience, whether it's just something they didn't learn mm-hmm. or they didn't develop the right skill sets, mm-hmm. um, but it's just kind of wild to kind of look at it that way. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, because people people graduate from from college like they're twenty two years old or twenty three, and in their mind they think that they should have everything figured out, and because they're in the real world now, they've mm-hmm. done they've done. They think they've done all their schooling, but like you said, they're still developing. Their brain's still developing into what it can fully actually be. Right. So you don't really have to know what you want to do at that age, but people think they should well, because of the perception what people, what their parents think they should. Right. Like, oh, you went to school for this. Like, and you, well, I mean, you touch on that
0: after college, you just fueled into the workplace, like corporate, uh-huh. pretty much. I mean, there's entrepreneurship classes and things like that, but I mean, for the most part, I felt just kind of like I loved Butler. I still do, but like. You learn how to be a really good employee than yeah. learning life like right i think if yeah, a professor was like okay shut the book like we're going to talk some real shit for a second like because when you're gone this is what really <laughs> this is reality like you yeah. get hit with a, a fucking freight train of like i did and it's just like you're changing jobs you're moving are you mm. living with people you know you're paying the car insurance your your rent and i'll have to make sure i pay all my bills and can't spend too much and still go out and so it's it's I don't know if someone was like hey just be prepared because it's you'll get knocked down a few times before you feel better about it
2: so have you dealt personally with it with anxiety and depression
0: yeah so I uh I went through it it was same year I graduated like that October November of like 16 yeah 16 yeah simple math is not good but (laughs) it was I mean relationship stuff was not going well you know I was stuck in the same person different face when i would try to find a relationship and you know i was chasing just someone that wasn't ideal so i had that uh just graduated didn't know what i wanted to do told myself i would never be chained to a desk and i took a corporate job <laughs> you know saw, saw more dollars yeah. and i was like okay cool that's that's what i'm gonna do and climb and climb and be the top like people don't get to the top just climbing the ladder so Um, had that. I was like, oh, I I sold out to the man. Like I did what I said I wasn't going to do. I stopped chasing what I liked doing, which was, I was a personal trainer in college too. So I only, I only got my A cert, but it was, I loved it. Like I was good with queuing people and just natural. Like I'm just good with people and now I'm collecting rent through a phone and an email. And that's, that's my interaction. Um, so at that point I had, I'd lost it. I was like, I didn't have purpose. Um, I didn't know where I was going to go. I was the most stuck I'd ever been. Like, college, it's all hunky-dory because you get to party Thursday through Saturday <laughs> the weekend, and it's like, um, you know, it's kosher. It's like, oh, yeah, just stressful week, but then it all comes back to hit you, and it's like, it wasn't that. It was, you know, searching for the wrong people, going to the wrong job, leaving what I liked to do for the money, you know, and it's unhappy as can be. I had a, bought a brand-new truck, you know. I love it but at that time I didn't care and it was just uh it was rough man and I only told a few people like outside of my family because they hadn't really gone through it so like you can't just say things to people it's going to make them feel better and other people I reached out to knew that like you know I wish I could tell you something that's going to help but you just gotta you gotta get through it so it's I had to let it just smack me full on and and feel it and get out of it so and then I uh Started seeing what else I could get into. So, I have a digital agency, digital media agency with another uh, buddy of mine went to school with. So, we're working on an outdoor company, doing their website, social, all that. Because I realized I wanted to grow a business to help the people's livelihood behind it. To, if they have a financial stress, relieve that. Because that, yeah, that's pretty cool. Because then, I mean, how many people get divorced because of that? Then the kids. So, it's just a trickle effect. So I'm like, if I can grow a business, then. I'm doing my job to help their life improve, and then um, reached out to Tim. I was like, I think we gotta get on the mic and just, you know, we're we're young, but I've read uh, in the book *Resisting Happiness* by Matthew Kelly. You probably like it. Yeah. Um, he talks about, you know, it's not the age that gives you the wisdom; it's the experiences that get you where you need to be at that point. And so I was like, I think what we have led us to this point, and you know, careful what you ask for, because the universe starts handing it. Like, <laughs> I think we got to start a podcast. And then it's I cool. i was getting lunch fun. with uh, one of my best friends from high school, went to Butler, works here at the Speakeasy too. They do videographer, video work. I can't speak. But uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I work at Speakeasy. I know this guy, Doug, like, could get you guys connected. He might let you use the space. And here we are. So it's like, here the helping hand it's is awesome. here, so do we take it or not? And then that take it or not changes the direction of everything. So, and a week before uh, my chiropractor, that's how I kind of, he was like, Hey, I need someone to do corrective and functional movement. Week before I dropped off a resume at a a downtown gym here. No one, no one's going to call me. Like the only experience I have in training is at the very bottom ACE certification, like in personal trainer at Butler. So it's it's sales, business marketing. I just, I didn't beef up my resume to do that. So I knew how hard it is to get in that space. And then a week later, he's like, hey, I need someone. So we've been meeting and talking and getting everything squared away. So I think I'm going to take that because the knowledge that he'll teach me is going to have a long-term bigger ROI than what I have now at at my current job. Yeah, that's great. So short story long. (laughs) Yeah,
1: And and when we first like started this, like we were a little nervous, like we didn't know what to expect, but we found that once we were able to get in here, And articulate our thoughts because I feel like Slater can attest to this like we can get our thoughts out so much more clear and we can just speak our mind and we we have these conversations privately like when we're hanging out or whatever and we just felt like we can't have it with most people too yeah and we just felt like if we have it together but say thing or we feel like the things we conversate about, people can learn from. Conversate. Um, yeah, you like that yeah. kind of fancy SAT word. <laughs> but yeah, we just feel like once we can SAT. get in here and, and just be ourselves and talk about what we normally talk about, we can inspire some people to kind of get unstuck in their current situation, yeah. just like we've all we're yeah. all working to do. It's like
0: and you're not the lone wolf. Like yeah, we just we found the resource and means to be able to do it. So now it's like a responsibility mm-hmm. to do it for for the future listeners and people that are come and go and be like wow yeah i'm dealing with the same thing like it is rough for me right now and i just graduated with a great job Mm -hmm. to most people they made it but it's like what do i do next and how do we get out so we like going through that too like our transitions and things and steps were taken steps Mm -hmm. that were not the right ones and so i do want to get into your business though because i was super excited when uh I remember he first like yeah I know this guy and I thought he said some personal training wise and then I, re- I text him back I was like did you say he's like personal training like yeah movement here's the side he's working on so uh, yeah I'm kind of interested in that how that started I mean I know you said you kind of took care of yourself uh, mentally spiritually physically so how does that now coincide with your business learning uh, your movement your certifications and helping people to find their their passions and, and things
2: yeah so um it's kind of been an undertaking really for the last seven or eight years um but when i, I realized i had done a couple of certifications um in fitness so when i was kind of remodeling or re, rebuilding my body right um i took certifications just for personal knowledge or sure. personal gain because i really felt like um i kind of screwed myself of like i had no idea how my body operated i had no idea what muscle groups for what like you know, this is my body. Like, mm-hmm. I have one life to live. I don't have a reset button in 80 years where I feel like most people live their lives. And so I did certifications. The first one I did was move nat move, nat, so move naturally okay. and it's like a functional movement. Cool. Um, and then I did one completely opposite a CrossFit level one certification, which I thought I was going to learn a lot from. Yeah. Um, and at huh. that time I really didn't, um, not to bash them. Um, but it was, it was 2009. So it might've been one of the earlier ones. Um, but I say
0: that's good to know anyway, but it didn't really, and they were great. I I
2: just didn't have the background. Like I think most of the, um, the attendees did. Um, and I just didn't have that background that I was kind of looking for. So then I went on to, um, kind of similar to you. I had looked at gyms and applied to gyms just to be a trainer. So I, the first I got was, um, I went and talked to a couple uh, managers, and they said that everybody had an exercise science degree, Mm -hmm. and they most of them had an ACE certification. And then um, talked to them, and most of them couldn't pass the NSCA CPT, Um, so they went on to just to get the ACE. So I studied and got the NSCA CPT. Yeah. So Um, I have
0: the weak one, huh? (laughs) Yeah.
2: So I got that one, and then thought, well, that's going to make a difference, you know, of if I want to learn and. And so I, I did that and I, I applied, I moved to Florida and I applied to a couple uh, positions down there and never even got a second look at as far as being able to come in and train or even shadow people. Yeah. Um, when did you move to Florida? Um, I, that was in 2011 through okay. 2014. I lived in Jupiter, Florida.
0: Okay. Where's that at in relation it's to? It's in
2: that? Uh, north of West Palm Beach. Okay. By about uh, 15 miles. Do you like it down there? Oh yeah, beautiful area. Yeah. Pretty cool um, so I was down there and then I moved back um, to Indiana and um, my one of my good friends best friends at the time him, him and his wife and their kids live down there and they he's originally from here as well and so I said I was moving back to start a business and so he's like I feel like I'm gonna do that with you as well cool. so he moved back to um, and we started um, our first location in Zionsville and within six months he had to get out for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really felt led to stay. I mean, it was really what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, so anyway, it's kind of how it started. Um, I just really started pushing myself in different areas. Um, Once people started coming up to me and I was doing certifications, and I thought, okay, I need to continue to educate myself. Mm -hmm. And I felt I was getting so many certifications that really It really didn't matter to an extent, right? I had to start implementing them, the knowledge, into my own base. And I knew what I experienced, and I wasn't going to force that on somebody else, but I started seeing when we started training just some of our friends, kind of why we initially started a business, is we just kind of experimented with friends and family of kind of the seven principles that I developed and kind of reflecting back on the mental awareness Mm -hmm. and being cognizant of, your condition and feelings, um, you know, no matter where you're at during the day, that we started seeing a huge difference within our friends and family. I mean, like major changes in health and mostly mental health. And so that's really what inspired um, me to like really launch a business to try to focus on that. And really fitness, um, fitness gave an avenue for me because I grew up, like I said, without a dad. And I really wasn't that active until college. And I feel like fitness, you can show somebody in five minutes a movement, especially functional movement, and they can grasp it, right? Even mm-hmm. like hand-eye coordination or contralateral movement, something they haven't been able to do for a while. And they can grasp it like within five maybe to 20 minutes. They can they can do a movement. And that right there then gives a motivation mentally and physically because they see that they didn't think it was tangible, then all of a sudden now they can apply that to something else in their life, like whether it's relationally, financially, um, intellectually that, that they didn't think they could do, now they can do it. So yeah. that's kind of really what pushed me into it. And okay. so a lot of my clients um, now are all um, online and in home, and so I focus like on a lifestyle management um, while I'm going back to school. So the lifestyle management is there's, you know, kind of that back to there's always a need, right? We're always, there's some part that we're failing in Mm -hmm. and helping them discover that. Um, And how I've been able to do that is create a network. Most of my clients are um, very skilled professionals, uh, doctors, um, bankers, uh, whatever. Um, So what I've been able to do is create a mini network with inside my clients to where if I recognize a need within one of the clients I'm training, I can give them information of the other clients to contact. Gotcha. So it feels like kind of like a mini uh, health network, so to speak. Kind of like a
0: little forum you're building. Right. Cool. And, and
2: they may never even meet each other. Yeah. I mean, most of them haven't. Um, and they don't have to use them, but at least it's it's a resource for me. Yeah. Um, especially I feel like as a, as a business owner, I never give an opinion. Um, because especially in that kind of a – you know, one-on-one setting for an hour, you get a lot of personal information from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and no matter who you train or no matter what environment you're in like that, I, you know, you hear some things, like you said, like where people just unload. Mm-hmm. And um, at times, it, you know, I used to take it on so much, heavy, especially uh, going through suicide with my dad and through a couple of friends that committed suicide in, um, after college, um, I took very, like it was a burden to me um, so that kind of relieved the burden off of me when I had clients that um, had approached me with some major issues that they were going through or struggles to where I could connect them to whether it be mental health, whether it be financial resources, whether it be counseling for uh, marriage. Um, so it was very easy to disconnect versus um, just allowing me to refocus them back on, on their mental health, mm-hmm. on their physical ability, And then let them make a connection to get help and do something so that's kind of where my business has gone and kind of what pushed me back into Butler um, to really look for that health advocacy uh, component that's cool so like what what does that step
0: process look like when someone's like hey like i need help like i'm just i'm down like so what what is kind of the first few things where it's like okay we're going to start with doing this and then just slowly Take it from there. It's like, what's, what do you do with that person when they come to you?
2: You know, um, most time again, it's just like, you know, I developed these seven principles on the website and things that I feel like people should follow each day. Right. Um, and, and even going back to the friend acronym that I shared earlier, it's kind of that, it's kind of that first to figure out what the issue is. And, um, nine times out of 10, I feel like people already know what the issue is. They just don't want to face it. And it'll come out in the wrong way, right? Especially I feel like the people that we know the most or we love the most, we end up giving them the hardest time because we feel like we know they can take it. In reality, they really can't because they're the ones that love us the most and the kindest to us. Mm -hmm. But typically we, we lash out on them the most. At least that's what I know I do. And I see a lot of people do the same thing. So typically if a client comes to me, it, it usually comes out in a training session um, and I can notice either a movement pattern or just um, a character change. And I'll let them, I'll keep motivating them, I'll keep trying to clear their mind to focus on something positive, and then I'll wait for them to open up. I won't ask them okay. what issue they're, they're having. Um, now, my online clients where they do just seek the lifestyle development, I go through a series of questions per week. Like, what, what did you face this week? Uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, intellectually, socially, that was positive and then negative. And then what What did you look for during the day? What were you grateful for at night? And so right there, I can kind of see some of the issues that they have. And then through my online training app, like they do the nutrition, uh, the macro counts, and that kind of stuff where they log. I, I can see their daily intake, that kind of stuff. And I'm not too worried about it. Mm. It's more the mental aspect of it because if something's off typically, then everything else suffers. If something's off mentally. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just try to reconnect them that way. And a lot of it's just, I feel like listening. I think it's, it's listening, be, learning to listen to those clients, learning to adapt and know them. Cause most of my clients I've had for four to five years now. Okay. i um, I don't really take a whole lot of new clients since I'm taking so many credit hours. Um, but I've been able to kind of look for those um, signals or things that will set them off, those triggers that I know that they've shared with me that I can steer them back on track. And sometimes that involves me getting a hold of their family. Oh, wow. Of contacting their spouse, which I all I have permission of all of them to do that. Um, but some of them really battle um, depression and um, anxiety. And, um, so I'm able to, to reach out and say, okay, you know, something's, we need to take another step here. Wow. So are there ever times
0: where you link some food to like a mood change? Does that ever come up with like, they're having something that causes the inflammation or it, irritability? Do you ever have that where it's like, Hey, let's try switching the diet a little bit and see how you feel. Um, yeah. How prevalent is that?
2: Yeah. I think that that's huge. I think, you know, uh, nutrition is, um, 70, percent of, of really the the medicine or what we really need for our body right and the rest is 30 percent 20 30 mm-hmm. um i i'm really a big proponent of i give information to my clients and let them make the decisions and then i follow up with their decisions like okay. i don't feel if you force somebody to do something right like a 30-day challenge um nine times out of ten I've, and that's what i used to do i would see failure after failure and i would see a lot of them um, not necessarily all women cause men, I think are just is sometimes have issues with their body just as well as what women do. Um, but they automatically go in knowing they're going to fail. They're not going to be a 30 day change. Okay. So I do like a five day, a 15 day, a 20 day, and then a 30 day. Just kind of helps slowly ramp them up. And, yeah. yeah. So if they complete the five days and, and usually you can't tell. Yeah. It's just more of a reward system. Like yeah. you can't tell your, your body is, is changing, but after day 10, they typically typically can tell, and especially like, you know, anything with inflammation, grains, that type of stuff or processed foods, sugars, you're going to feel hundred percent better with that out of your system. So all of them know that, um, especially with most of my clients being doctors, okay. um, they have the affordability and access to nutritionists and also to like private chefs. And things like that um, to where they do maintain healthy lifestyle as far as nutrition for the most part but they still moderately eat crap at times yeah. which I think um, isn't necessarily an excuse I mean I do it occasionally um, but if you get it completely out of your system it's it's just it's really mind-blowing what your body can do and and it's not like what you said earlier, like what you see in magazines or on Instagram. It's like instant gratification mm. through nutrition and functional movement. You're building 10 years down the road. You're building 20 years down the road. You're yeah. building 30 years down the road. So your longevity is there more for flexibility, mobility, joint stability than it is looking good next year or the next two years and having a six pack and, and nice cuts and whatever else. Right. And so, um, what I try to do is just really get my clients to not focus on weight necessarily, unless they have a medical condition and just focus on what they're eating and how they feel. And a lot of that comes down to, you know, I, I did a nutrition diary for five years, which is pretty extreme, but there's certain things that are healthy that I eat that will trigger me. And even though they're good for your body, supposedly, like. I'll get inflammation. I'll be depressed. I mean, just off of like bananas and and stuff like that, that my body just does not process like somebody else's does. So we're not all the same. So to say to eat healthy or eat organic or to eat, you know, a certain way, I don't think is really the right course of action either. It's a good step, but it's not really the right, I think, long-term course of action.
0: So is that how long it took you to find like what your personal diet like what worked best for you because everyone's on these like oh i'm this now oh i've gone this it's like well what'd you remove that was actually causing it so it's like because i'm trying to figure out what works and what doesn't like and i not like you can run circles around me i don't really know much i'm just kind of trial and error where i think i eat healthy most of the time but like so was it that five years when you figured out like okay i'll kind of have my own personal diet kind of dialed in or
2: yeah, you know, I was kind of like an idiot. I think like (laughs) anybody else, like, you know, like 2009, like paleo was huge, right? So paleo comes out and I read, uh, you know, was a born, um, what's his name? Cordain. Who's the paleo. I forget exact. I think it is. Okay. Um, I'll take the word for it. Yeah. And, um, a couple other books that I felt were right in line with what I should be doing. And especially because the CrossFit community was huge on that. They were just, everybody was completely changing over to paleo diet. And Why were so, they doing that? Um, because that was a healthy thing. I mean, they were seeing gains. They were seeing okay. a major change, inflammation going down. And so I kind of jumped on the bandwagon, so to speak. And I did it, I did it for um, almost three and a half years. But I was so like, but it was crazy. Like everything I did, like, I didn't do peanut butter anymore. I did almond butter, did okay. almond flour you know, um, so everything I'm putting in almond milk, I mean, I just, my body's completely now getting complete opposite or, you know, just like fueled with things nonstop, right. Mm -hmm. Of one or two, I guess, items Mm -hmm. or nutrients. And like my body just, I then became intolerant to a lot of like Nuts, almonds. Like, now I'm allergic to almonds. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so it's like I was doing everything of like, okay, instead of just taking some things and trying to educate myself, right? I think we do this in many areas of our life. I took it to the extreme. I took a verbatim. Mm. I can't have this. I can't have this. I shouldn't eat this. And so after a while, I just started saying, okay, this doesn't make sense. Let's go back to anatomy, physiology, let me start looking at how the body processes certain foods and let me see what works with my body yeah. and what doesn't. And so that's kind of, it would probably, to be honest, probably seven years, but it was, it was more wow. of me finally educating myself versus just, I fell into that concept of being told what to eat. Mm-hmm. And because I had done everything else and redefined my body and, but I fell right back in that same trap that I tried to get away from, from my career and everything else, I was just now following what other people were doing, what my friends were doing. And it just, it didn't make sense to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to scratch all this and and redo it. So I'm still on a similar diet, um, but not a specific. You tweak it how you need to. Right. So were there any like
0: bad relationships with food you, developed like oh i can't do this like you know even if it's like sometimes it's like good for your soul like if you're like celebrating someone like sometimes it's the soul is still good to fuel but uh so do you have any issues with that like oh i can't do that like no i shouldn't eat this
2: no like as a kid i was fat i was a fat little shit (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh like seventh eighth grade i was chunky like majorly chunky and then um i didn't really grow or get any height until like high school. So like, or like my junior year in high school. So then I ended up graduating high school, like five, nine and 120 pounds. So like my relationship with like my food, even back then was like crazy. Mm. I would, I would just indulge like crazy and then not eat for a while. You know, I wasn't necessarily anorexic, but I was like trying to really watch my weight. Once I went to college, yeah, you know, all gloves were off. So like, <laughs> yeah, we <don't> that <laughs> <guess>. No. <laughs> and then, you know, over the last eight years is I found myself to where I re- hate the word, the term reward. Cause a lot of people will reward themselves if they eat healthy all week, hmm. then they'll have a cheat day. And for me, I fell on that for like the first two months. And then I was like, this is dumb. Like this does not work for me. Like, I don't wanna cheat my body for one day because I'd been doing that and it felt like two or three days for my body to recover. Mm -hmm. Almost like when you go out for a night of drinking, right? Yeah. Once you get, oh my gosh! Once you get older, yeah. once you hit thirty, like it takes like four days for yeah. my body to recover.
0: Yeah. You
1: don't come back until
0: like, yeah. It's you know like well, next the, week. the body knows yeah. when you graduate college too. Yeah. Like it's scientific fact. It's like oh, you got your degree now, you can't drink <laughs> yeah. anymore. Like, no, more, no more Thursdays. Yeah. That's yeah sure. You get one night a weekend, buddy. It
2: used to be a wake up the next day like I'm not drinking. Okay, let's go out for some drinks. Yeah. yeah. yeah like two you have, hours, you're fine. Yeah, it didn't bother you at all. Um, but food for me became kind of that way too to where I'd push it off and I would reward myself and then I got away from that I was like okay if I want something I'm gonna have it and then I just started noticing certain things that my body just does not work like Mm -hmm. breads and cakes and and stuff like that it just I'll be bloated my I I won't feel good and I just want to yeah I want to look good but I want to feel good uh, more importantly so like that does I mean it fuels your mind it fuels your thoughts um, all those things that, you know, go, I think for me goes back to mental health, right? I want to make the right decisions. Mm. And I feel like if I'm fueling my body off of, of complete crap, right, I'm not really giving my the best opportunity for me to make the right decision off of what I'm actually putting into my body. right? Well, so if- I, I think it is a personal decision, but it's also just like, and I think it's simple. I think people make it so harder, so yeah. much harder, difficult than it is.
0: Well, if you chase the health, then the aesthetics will come. Yeah. Like, it, if you eat well, you'll look good. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe not everyone, but I think for the most part, if you're watching what you eat, like, what you eat is going to take care of you. Yeah. Or not. So it's like, you know, your car or your body's your tool. If you had a Ferrari, you're not going to put 87 unleaded in it. Like, you're going to put some yeah. premium octane gas in there. So it's like.
1: Mm-hmm. and. After you started seriously paying attention to what you ate and studying your body, how did that impact like other areas of your life? Like, did you see, like, like when did you start really thinking or realizing or any specific examples of, Oh wow. Like this is really improving me in this other area, completely not related to eating. Did you ever see that at all? Or when did you start seeing that?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a huge physical component to it. Mm -hmm. Right. As far as fitness. So, um, when was it? It was so 2009, I ran my first marathon. Okay. And nice. then, uh, I think my time was five hours and 11 minutes. And so at that time I was eating, um, I was eating what I considered healthy mm-hmm. or what, you know, was out there, not necessarily food py- pyramid, but like, um, heart healthy. So eat oatmeal, banana and orange juice in the morning. Sugar, sugar. I was going to say orange is just is loaded with sh- nothing yeah. much sugar. Yeah. So that was kind of. Vitamin C my ass. Right. So I'd gotten off some breads, but like, and in, in processed foods, but that was kind of when I was training. That's what I was eating. And um, I went to, so that was in January of 2009. And then of that fall in September, I went to a, a Move Nat retreat, okay. natural movement. And that's where I first learned. Uh, I learned more about paleo through that because I learned through CrossFit a little bit and learn some like different breathing techniques, which I think is huge too, uh, for the body, and then also um, just nutrition in general, and then some different ways to run, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of focusing back on the functional movement to not necessarily um, a right or wrong, but how to be more efficient in your movements. Mm-hmm. So that was in September 2009. So in January 2010, I ran the same race I want to run the same exact course marathon. Oh, you needed it back. Yeah. And I beat my time by an hour and 20 minutes
1: in, a, in the wow. very next race, a year later. Yeah. Wow. And I did, ha- I, did half- <laughs> Jeez. Shit. I did half my training
2: too. So I had increased my lip, my strength training, mm-hmm. um, more metabolic training and decreased my running. But the biggest thing I contributed to is nutrition. Mm-hmm. I mean, the year before I was carb loading two days before, like, you know what I was told to do like carb load before you run, gel packs while you're running. Mm-hmm. The second marathon I ran, I ate normal, normal how I would eat all week. I ate extra protein the night before, yeah, not carbs. And I feel like that is what fueled my mind and, and fueled my body for that race. So that's kind of how I've trained since then. Like, I do half the training if I do any half marathons or full marathons, I do half of what the training is suggested for running. Um, that works for me. Not that it works for everybody. Right. Yeah. That works. You'll got to do like double. Yeah. I just yeah. So that I noticed changes in that. I noticed changes also in character, like, um, just huge. I used to be very, um, quick, like agitated and responsive. Like I didn't think through any or have any thought process. I would just be automatic. Like, F you or, you know, screw this. We all have those moments. No, but it was like, it was like daily. Like, and, and yeah, that's some of behavioral change. But I think nutrition had a a huge part of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like I talked about, I suffered with anxiety and OCD since my dad passed away Mm -hmm. and didn't, I mean, I knew it, but didn't realize it until, you know, my thirties when I left my job. And then you know, sought out like uh, treatment for P- uh, PTSD, mm-hmm. and that helped huge too. So like that, along with nutrition, was like a, a game changer for me, really in all areas. Yeah. Like I feel like every single area of my life, it it is affected, and I can tell when I eat bad. Like um, last week, I had pizza and um, and beer for a for a found, uh, running raising money for foundation, and like really for two days. I mean, I just was foggy. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, my whole body was offset and I was just like, I couldn't focus on anything. Yeah. Um, if I had anything
0: fried food my body just I can't do it, it shuts down it's amazing yeah. what one, one meal yeah. can
1: do when you've been on something so structured yeah. and healthy for you for so long yeah. one, well, one single meal it tells
0: like how saturated it gets when someone's eating Arby's on Monday and then yeah, crazy, Jimmy John's man. on Tuesday and going out Ugh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday mm-hmm. and then it's like they feel fine but their body just
2: got yeah. too saturated so it's like it's normal for them crazy so how yeah. quick your body can get rid of it too because it's like get this out of me mm-hmm. yeah it's telling you it really does communicate with you.
0: your body's so smart and efficient
2: so smart
0: so what are like because ingredients labels like no one knows what half the shit means what are some easy uh in your mind things to look for avoid that are the absolute like no's like it just shouldn't be in your pantry or your fridge whatever
2: you know with with most of my clients i just go in like if they really don't understand labeling, mm-hmm. I, I think this year they're actually, last year they changed some of the labeling and then next year I think there's another change that comes out. So it's supposed to be a lot easier to read, especially like how many servings are in um, a box, a can, or whatever. Okay. Like right now it's kind of sometimes it's kind of hard to read, especially with, with sugar content or fat content. You can't really tell if there's one or two servings in there. Okay. Um, Most of the time what I just tell people kind of my, what I follow, if I do not know the meaning of a word that is written on the box, Mm. I don't buy it. Yeah. I mean, it really should be that simple. Um, There are times like I'll look up something, I'll stay in the store and just Google it. Like what, what is this? Like I'm buying it, I'm purchasing it. I'm going to put it in my body. What is it? And, um, and that's one of the biggest things I think that has helped me because I hear this mod- like, um, moderate thinking, like everybody says that you can shit eat. Everything in moderation, you're fine, yeah. yeah. Eat shit, you know, you can do yeah. it in uh, moderate levels or moderation, but we don't teach the same thing of, well, you can learn this negative subject matter and moderation, you can do this thing to your body in moderation, negatively, mm-hmm. physically, uh, spiritually, intellectually. And so I don't know where that that misconcept it feels like it is a misconcept of, of how that's been ingrained in us that it's okay to eat crap. Yeah. Um, well, when, the small
0: things end up becoming the big thing. Right. So it's like the years of, you know, whatever you're fueling. Like, right.
2: The buildup of cancers that we have no <clears> idea <throat> the next step of, of really something that where I feel something that could be eating or, or doing something that will cause that imbalance. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a the moderation thing for me just is is kind of ridiculous um but the food labeling i think is just is that simple you read something if you can't pronounce it you have no idea what what the word means yeah. don't buy it
0: my dad always made fun of my mom for taking so long in the store cuz she would read all the labels oh, and that's awesome it's like well the one thing you do consistently every day is eat and drink and sleep so it's that's every single day it's pretty important so it's take the time and I'll ask her like, Hey, is this okay? If this is in like an ingredient, like, and she be like, yeah, you're fine with that, but you don't want this. Like, all right, I'm putting this one back. Like it's just, it takes time, but I'm weird. I like grocery
2: shopping. I think it's fun. What's well, funny if you ask me? Well, I do love <laughs> it. It's therapeutic, relaxing. yeah. Yeah. It's relaxing. I hate it. Really? You don't uh, like it? I thought you would like it of all people. No, I hate it. <laughs> I hate the prices, like the prices. Uh, well, expensive. yeah, so I hate sober, the price so of my rent too, but <laughs> But you know it's funny if you ask even like people like, "Why are you buying that? What's whole grain?" Yeah. They'll just like, "Look at What do you mean? What's whole grain? Why are you buying that? Mm-hmm. It's more expensive. Why are you buying it?" Cuz it's heart healthy. Really? How? And they just don't know. I mean, we're just programmed to do that. I mean, the same thing on Facebook. That's why. Right? <laughs> With whey, soy, yeah. whey, it's the same thing. You know, we're all these uh, different um, foods are having whey and soy put into them for the protein, and a lot of people don't understand. That. I mean, that causes a lot of inflammation too. Just depending on you know what your how your body reacts. So I just think there's a I wouldn't say a lack of knowledge, just a lack of interest, so to speak. I think mm. we. We all fall into that sometimes. We're just like, "Hey, this is what I'm supposed to eat because the TV told me to eat it." Right. Yeah.
0: Well, the good stuff is harder to research and find, and it, it yeah, takes yeah. work yeah. to look up the good yeah. stuff. Like, it's easy to just scroll through.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, get, I'll eat, get those. You know, and you see on Instagram too, or you know, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but um, on social media, you see too a lot of these active individuals that are very fit eating fast food. Mm-hmm. you know eating tons of sweets and so but it, it fit the macros yeah it's kind of a, that misconception <laughs> too people think like i don't know if you've been like to a half marathon or even like the the turkey dash here in, in broad ripple what is it three miles to it's, I think a drum, it's like drumstick dash yeah drumstick dash
1: yeah, i, I ran, ran that last year
2: and at the end they have like tons of sugar food yeah, yeah. like Tastes well, like long tail like long taste. Bagel, bagel's it's, galore. It's like, bars the, and sm- <laughs> the smallest one's like two miles. I think that I don't know what is it? I think it's like yeah, one point
1: something. I don't uh, know. I think it was like a little over three, I think.
2: Yeah. But I had like yeah. my aunt and, and two cousins in town, which are heavier. Yeah. And it was their first race ever, right? And they were I was just proud of them because mm-hmm. they wanted to do it It's so long as they've walked. And they got to the end. And they were getting every single snack there because they saw everybody else doing it, too. And they were like, well, I have to refuel my body. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, no, like, this is the wrong thing. This is yeah. absolutely the wrong thing to do. So It's amazing. I still think there's just like those things where we, we think we look at somebody, we think they're healthy, and we see them doing something like that, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting those snacks. And we think, well... That's the right thing to do because that individual looks good. They're, mm-hmm. they're healthy. I need to do the same thing. So but what's
0: their inside? What's going on inside? Right. Like you don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: And I feel like people do that with, <clears throat> with like not only what they eat, but with opinions too, but especially with like what they eat. They, they're they're going to go based on what other people do and see that as acceptable instead of researching on their own. And the truth you're going to find is through your own experiences and what happens to you and not what other people want. And, you real, and I feel like when you realized that, that was when you were able to kind of reinvent yourself, if yeah. you will. So.
0: so did you tell them, like, hey, this is actually a bunch of garbage. Like, you're putting just, everything is making it worse. Or did, did you kind of just, like, let it ride and didn't want to force the issue? Because it would be hard to see, like, with what you do for your, every, like your career. And it's like, these people just did something awesome. And now they're... Like for what now?
2: We, we, you know, we talked a little bit <clears throat> afterwards. Um, but I, I kind of feel like at times that can be overwhelming, right? So I mm-hmm. could have just killed a motivation for yeah, walking, yeah. um, with a negative comment. So I kind of have learned to kind of watch that to right. where, um, it was like Thanksgiving weekend, so they're here all weekend and you know, their eating habits aren't great. So, you know, how to bring that up even then. Uh, no. during the week when you know they're having three to four servings of dessert and that type of thing which I think a lot of people indulge on the holidays anyway yeah. um, you get full but, but no, they room. see yeah, <laughs> yeah they see me not eating those things so you're they trying th- to lead by the example they think and... I'm denying myself where I'm I have a healthy snack where I bring it out and I eat it because I'm like yeah I'm tempted to eat it mm-hmm. but I just know it's not going to fuel me or make me feel good in a couple of days um, and in that way I've been able to have talks of like well, how do you avoid it how do you keep yourself from eating this because there's like 20 pies out and how do you stop yourself from doing this and then that led into or can lead into like the talk about you know the race like you know really you don't need to refuel yourself that that quick mm-hmm. you know just for two miles um, we had breakfast before we went and you know one or two snacks is, is fine or you could do this sure. but not Eight things in your hand and think that you have to eat them to refuel your body after a two mile walk. Um, so those are, I don't know, those are kind of easy ways to to kind of get into it. But like Tim, I've seen your Instagram posts and you've had like some like your food that you eat. Oh, oh no, <laughs> got it! No. And then like Call look, then like look at you. You, you look good, like. <laughs> Well, so I. Like, your your metabolism's gonna change in about six years. No, I, Dave, I hear you because
1: I, I I think the best thing for me to do is just research and experiment
0: with my own self because I know. Yeah, for he's a experimenting. I'm like, what? I know for a fact I can eat what way What the better. hell is he eating? Trial and error, Dave. He's just making sure it's like, bad. The
2: Metro and something else. Metro <laughs> like, Diner. Uh, yeah, I, is like, I have a metro week, Diner's got. Something. It's I have like a week ten home. plates, and I'm like, okay. The next time I see him, he's gonna be like huge. And he walks downstairs, and I'm like, "Oh, what?"
1: <laughs> well, I, I've always, I've always tried to stay consistent in the gym. That's always going to be a fact. But like you said, <laughs> it's all about the nutrition. The nutrition is is lacking right now because the consistency in the gym is always going to be there. But yeah, I definitely am not doing well on the nutrition side. I'm, I'm doing better than I was, but I think that I'm I've made it. But. I'm nowhere near close because <laughs> i know that there's way better things i could be eating well
0: but. you get like la piedad like once a week you always <laughs> hit the mexican yeah. joint. i love the
1: mexican food but <laughs> yeah now well the question i have dave is like for someone who really <laughs> wants to truly everyone talks about eating healthier and everyone wants to make a change but like if you're giving information or advice to anybody out there who's listening to this right now especially me because i could use it like what would you like from a he's re- now been humbled from, from a research standpoint? Like what, like what do you what do you think is the right step for people to take if they want to move in that direction? Because obviously it's not going to be one big step, but like what are some small steps people can take to really research what's out there for them? I guess because you got to know your body first. Obviously, you got to know everyone's body's different. But I guess what's someone who's who's not like an expert in that area about health but wants to be better in there, what would you advise? I mean, like what would you advise him to do?
2: You know, I think the, I think it should be like a yearly requirement where you have to take a test (laughs) and see how your organ, how your body functions and Mm -hmm. what it uses in order to function. Yeah. And, and that might sound very odd or extreme to some individuals, but like, I really, that's how I went to look at nutrition. It's not what, what out there is healthy but what am i putting in my body because how does my body use it to fuel it like mentally um what does my brain use what what are the function of my kidneys my liver what what really does cause those things to function in a way that actually helps my body one have energy live longer the protein develop, the atp all that type of stuff like what how does my body really use those nutrients to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, and then by doing that, which that might sound bizarre, but I feel then you, you have kind of a bigger spectrum of like, Oh shit. Like my body needs healthy stuff to survive. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't keep on fueling it with processed food, sugar, alcohol, because it really doesn't recognize those things or overloads my system. Um, I feel like it just, it comes down to that personal choice of, yeah. man, I, I need to eat healthy. And, and what does that look like for me? And I feel like it does. It goes back to like, how does your body process things? And then two, okay, I'm going to do step one. Like for me, I took soda out of my diet. That's so big one <laughs> for the first month, no sodas. And I actually found out I had more energy without soda.
0: The thing you were seeking for energy was giving you less of it. Correct, yeah. (laughs) And then
2: month two, I went to no breads. Yeah. Okay. And then month three, I went to absolutely no processed foods. And just trying to see how that kind of worked with my, my system. And then, you know, a lot of people say, well, you can't really go out and order anything. You can't do this. There's so many options now. You can order stuff without bread. You can do things that are very simple and easy where you're not eating a lot of carbohydrates, which is a lot of the issues that most of us are having with obesity. Um, But I think it's, it just becomes that kind of a quick um, checklist versus telling somebody to get everything out of their system for 30 days. A lot of people can't do that, you know? And, and so just, just doing step-by-step, that's what really helped me of okay, now that's healthy, right? I can research that soda's not good for you. Mm -hmm. There's not one supporting evidence that soda's good for you. Yeah. There's not one bit of evidence of uh, support that processed food is good for your body. So just trying to get those things out of your system um, and then believing in that of that change and then when it comes to like comfort food and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, I mean, there are times that I want stuff like that and I'll eat it. But again, there shouldn't be any guilt associated with it. Like I used to go to my grandma's and they'd be like, eat this, I made it for you, it's special. And I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you're so much larger. (laughs) And then you're guilted into eating it. Like I'm gonna hurt her feelings because I did not eat four pieces of cake. And I'm like, no, like grandma, like I eat differently now. Like I'll take a piece home and then I'll throw it in the trash. Yeah, no, I, didn't money, I just don't want really to <laughs> eat it. No, it's
1: amazing because like the people, who, like the the people that you love, the people that love you, who make that stuff, like that's like they they take pride in making that. They and to bring you I, joy, I've like in situations like that. <laughs> they're like I feel like I'll be letting them down if I don't take it. But yeah, no, I know what you mean.
0: With yeah, that. like my mom, like there was one time she made a there was a cake. I think my dad made it for her birthday, and she's like, "Oh, that's all you want to take home with you?" I'm like, "I'm good. Like I know it's homemade. Like it's got more pure ingredients, but." I'm good with this because after this I'll want more but I won't have it so I'll be good but it's mm-hmm. I don't know it's funny
2: it's just addicting like sugar I mean it, sugar's addicting yeah. but, you know yeah. and you know I'll buy stuff it's like if you keep it out of your house I feel like you're, you're fairly safe and so there'll be times that I'll like I'll walk through the grocery store and like every six months I'm like okay I'm gonna buy a box of cookies I'll just you know and I'll take them home I'll be like i will just gonna eat three and I'll throw the rest away Never happens. Then like a sleeve's <laughs> gone, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And then I'm like, I get up and I throw it in the trash, and then literally ten minutes later, like, it's still in the sleeve. It's in the <laughs> trash. It hasn't touched Pulling anything. George Costanza <laughs> taking a donut off the top of the yeah. trash. <laughs> so I'll go look for it, and I'm like, "Oh my!" I mean, it is. It's just so addicting, and it's not. I don't feel like that's depriving myself. That, that clearly shows me there's an addiction there. Like my, there's the stimulus right away that my body wants that even more. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, okay, I'll eat an apple. And I'm, I'm just not, I don't crave that sugar anymore. I don't crave it. It's just very different, so. Yeah. But it's hard, it's hard to get rid of, but it's like those funny things, like they still happen. I still yeah. do them and I yeah. still laugh at it, but. So I have, I think it's getting more heavily debated.
0: So you talked about when uh your family did the two mile race and you're like you don't really need to refuel that fast and so like people after they train like oh anabolic window is like 30 minutes so get your shake or your meal within 30 minutes once you're done working out or whatever um what do you think like is that a bunch of bullshit or what do you think on that like because i'll work out and i'll go home like and i know like i'm still in like that fight or flight you know my body needs to calm down i'm inflamed you know blood is out of the gut but is it that crucial to be that fast? Like I'll wait an hour sometimes after I get home to feel the hunger and then I'll, it'll come quick, but I'll eat then. So is there like in terms of if you're trying to lean out or gain, does it matter like that 30 minutes, how crucial is it? Uh, Cause I think, I feel like you would know, you have a lot of knowledge. So I'm wondering from someone who's experienced with it, is it like how important?
2: You know, I'm not. I'm not an expert in that area at all. I'm not a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. I, um, other than just research and what I've done with myself, right? Um, I mean, that's all I can answer on. And from my understanding, like, really after the workout, it's not just necessarily like the window what we're told, right? I yeah. think a lot of things are read, really, like you need something within 10 minutes to an hour or right. whatever. Um, it's really the from my understanding it's, it's the hours after that. So it's even Not only after like a heavy strength um, Workout or lifting workout. It, it's It's really the the six seven hours after that too of how you're fueling your body To where I used to be complete opposite. I would you know went off of what I kind of was told in the first 30 minutes I'm chugging on a protein shake with yeah. sixty grams of protein. Whatever By the time else. I got
0: home, mine was gone. I was yeah. Oh, no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, was, and then, I like, the I don't thing. eat for four hours. Yeah.
2: And um, so, I'm very different now, just off of research. And so, there's, I, I again, it goes back to, I think, um, unless I have a degree in something, I necessarily don't take it verbatim, right? And even if I yeah. did, I'm still educating myself sure. in that area. Um, there, there are tons of programs out there for um, for gains and, and cutting. Um, I'm not, I do some of them. Sure. Um, but I don't necessarily recommend them to like any of my clients. Right. Um, other than just give them information again mm-hmm. to, to say this is what worked for me and I carb cycle on these days and I uh, cut fat on these days and I overload protein on these days, and this is why this is what's worked for me. Um, But yeah, I don't. I still do a pre and post workout. Sure. Um, Sometimes I'll drink a gallon and a half of water while I'm working out. Sometimes I won't drink any water, and Mm -hmm. I'll drink it all after my workout. It's kind of how my body feels at the time. Interesting. So Um, you're pretty
0: intuitive with it then. By this point, I know you said it took you kind of like seven years to really. Hone it in. Is it pretty intuitive for you now? We're like, Oh yeah, I think I need some extra protein today. I'm feeling this way.
2: And it's, you know, it's about rest and recovery too. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, um, you know, 48 to 72 hours, sometimes your body needs that rest, um, in between, uh, working out. And so even if you're, in my opinion, even if you're, you're working on different uh, muscle groups of the body, like it still takes a toll. And so there are days like, well, I'll go in. I mean, I'm, I'm six days a week. But I'm doing metabolic. I'm doing some swimming. I'm doing some running. Some, you know, strength and conditioning. Some metabolic workouts, hit workouts, whatever. But there'll be days I'll go in. I'll start to do a lift, and I'm like, no, I'm done. Yeah. And it took me a while to get there because you I'm want to get. Most big, people can't do that. Right. You want to get bigger. You want yeah. to, you know, push through. You, you know, the soreness and. And um, and some days you do need to do that, but like there'll be many days I'll walk in I'll be like no screw this I need to rest and I'll literally literally go grab my water I'll go sit at Starbucks or something and I'll get some work done stand up I hate sitting down yeah Um, but I'll just sit there and get work done and then I'll go home and I'll do mobility or I'll do stretching something to move my body some type of functional movement but on those days like I'll try to build in rest and recovery days so I'm not lifting within 48 hours of each of um, sure. each time. Um, but even after that, some days, like if I have a heavy shoulder, especially for me, like shoulder, back, chest days, like in two days, I'll go back in, three days I'll go back in, I'll still be really sore. Mm-hmm. i might like, no, screw this. Yeah. I'm doing something different or I'm just not gonna work out. And I think that's a lot, that's where a lot of us, or that's where I used to fail. I mean, I got injured before with my knee of just, I got to go in every day. Yeah. I got to go do this workout every day.
0: Otherwise, muscle's muscle is going to fall off the yeah, bone without that just, one day. My muscle is going
2: to melt off <laughs> yeah, if right. I go in a sauna for too long. Really. Well, I don't fast. I lose too much <laughs> weight if I fast. What,
1: what is it? Are you uh, – I know some people are like for or against saunas. Are, are sauna? Do you use saunas a lot? I do. Okay. and Not a lot, that I, I use them. Yeah. Like
2: Infrared supposed to be, I think, the healthiest. Yeah. Because it gets your body hot, not the air temperature hot. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a difference there, but yeah,
0: I've been hit the sauna for a while, Tim. I know you love the sauna. I love the sauna. I don't go every,
1: I don't go like every day, but I usually I'm in there two, maybe three times a week, and I think it's just relaxing. It, it's a place like not only that's good for my body and like the heat shock proteins, but just getting in there and just like thinking. I love to just sit in there and think. It's a place for me to go and kind of reflect on the day. Get get my billion dollar ideas. <laughs> no, but it, my it's, phone's full of them. Yeah, no, it's it's a place that I associate with disconnection from the world too. Yeah. Like, I'm not worrying about work in there. Like I'm not I'm not really worried about anything else except I am able to get inside my own body. I feel like it goes. A got lot your me time. Just, yeah, it's just don't it's make good. eye contact when you're there. Right, yeah, especially <laughs> when there's like 20 other people in there. The you got to go at a certain time. If yeah. you go at my gym at like between six and seven. You're not even going to be able to move. Well, the worst is
0: like, speaking of that, the worst is I've talked to like guys before and like they knew like a butler or something or another. We're just shooting the shit for whatever reason. And then I'm putting something away in my bag. You know, I'm about to walk out and you turn around just to be respectful and look him in the face when you're talking. And. They just dropped their towel and didn't even give you a warning. It was like completely dicked. Like, oh, come on. Come like, on, man. Hey, Be like aware. at least, you know, show me butt instead, man. But like.
2: sign your shoe with a dick yeah, in your like, face. Hey, Thanks. good talking to you. I got a head. But uh, <laughs> yeah. pleasure. I love it. Do this again soon. Nice visual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need
0: a new definition of nice. Yeah.
2: No, I think, you know, going to sauna is like, I'll, I'll do after like. Usually like recovery days, I'll mm-hmm. go in there and do like a forty-five minute sit, but I'll do stretching or something while I'm in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think they're good for you.
0: Cool. Yeah, I just I have a couple more things. I know we've been going for like an hour twenty already, so uh, I'm this
2: down to like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Nah, there won't be. I'll it just good put parts. it on like
0: ten times speed, so it's like talking. Yeah, we're done. Um, are you? What are you reading right now? Are you in any books right now that you're? either for learning or just because or
2: you know i am i am not i uh last summer typically i'm doing like one one to two bu- books a, a month okay and um last fall when i helped professor brandon cole out like it just it really completely messed up my schedule yeah um and not saying that in a bad way but just um, trying to focus on, on extra reprioritize time. yeah and um this past semester i did 20 credit hours working about Jeez. 40 hours a week wow. yeah so I just feel like I'm getting back um some of my life yeah Fair. so yeah I any recommendations would be awesome like I uh for any books or whatever else I'm doing a research project this summer with uh, one of the professors at Butler okay um we're doing it on uh, mental health uh anxiety and uh correlation between mental health and fitness and uh, close uh, social media groups, close oh, groups so many things we love talking about yeah so that's awesome I, so I f- really am interested to see, to focused on like, yeah. that yeah. A little bit back back in summer in here I know
0: I those. want to hear the aftermath of those findings yep. and yeah. and what you see with that I uh,
2: you guys can be part of the study if you want. I would honestly be interested. Yeah, study all right, me all sure. day long. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah I just started. Yeah.
0: I'm sure you've heard of On It Academy, Audrey yeah. Marcus. Yeah, so I just started his new book. I'm not very deep into it, but so far it's good. I know he talks about mental health and spiritual a lot. I know he's big on that, so I just started that. But yeah, Resisting Happiness by Matthew Kelly. Um, okay. have talked about it on here before, but uh, very God based, very faith driven. So. Um, we've if people who listen don't believe in god it's like there's whatever you want to use for that but um you know he found one of his tips he has like habits or tips at the end of each chapter and one of his was he started sitting in church just 10 minutes a day to start his morning before his real day started and just didn't talk to anyone just listened you know and some people like oh yeah what do you listen to like but for him it was like kind of made him more peaceful throughout the day. He was calmed and relaxed and then he found answers of things. So I I think it's useful, especially like young people going out of college, like, and he talks about resistance. So like, um, you know, resistance loves when you, you quit something or you don't finish or resistance would love if we didn't podcast or if we didn't reach out to you to come do the interview. So things like that. Um, so I, I think that's a great book and with what you're into, I think it'd be pretty, I think you'd like that one. It's not too thick of a read either.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. I did finish one, uh, last month or two months ago, brain lock, and I thought it was pretty good, but that's, that's focused like on anxiety OCD type information, but it's, it's kind of interesting of just, um, I think it's available, really. Or I think it's focused really on anybody of overcoming um, like those situations, just mentally, that will keep you from achieving your goals. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I love reading stuff that just yeah. Some things will will grab you and be like, okay, I read that yeah. whole book just for half a chapter. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. going to mean something. Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: that's what books are. Like you're not going to get a hundred percent of the value out of a mm-hmm. book. Right. There's going to be certain things you can take from it that are specific to your own life, which is the cool thing about reading, but
0: what are you reading right now? I know you finished action selling.
1: Um, yeah, I finished action selling. Oh, I gotta get that book back. To You're reading way. all the time. I love reading, man. Mm-hmm. It make I feel like it. It makes me. I mean, it makes you smarter and able to conversate with various different people. It gives me things here and there. But um, I I read a book just finished a couple weeks ago called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. So it talks about managing yourself first and how that how the way you manage yourself can impact others. So it, managing yourself, like knowing yourself, knowing what pushes your buttons each day, like being able to manage yourself in high stress situations. And like, it talks about traumatic things or things that will make you mad. And like in the first 10 seconds, like your brain is programmed to react to it. But it talks about taking 10 seconds to just breathe and then wait till 10 seconds after is when your rational comes into play. So it talks about that and as well as conversating with other people, being able to Really step into someone else's body and understand what they're talking about. Um, What's
2: the name of that again? It it's like called that.
1: Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Okay. So it's like, it's okay. a very quick read. Like, I finished it in a couple of days. It's it's something that you can read really quickly. And then I'm also reading a book right now about, um, it's, called, it's called You Incorporated. So, selling yourself. So, different things you can do. And I could talk for days about that. But I am looking for a book, though, that's more on like, The 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 health side and being able to read a book because I know everyone's out there writing stuff about Mm -hmm. nutrition but I'm getting to a point where like I said, I'm really trying to work on like what I'm eating So I think the first step for me is is obviously what what, like experimenting what works for me but I'm trying to read as much as I can and get all points of view like I had I work with a guy who's vegan and just picking his brain for a couple hours and what he does in his diet because there's no right way to do it like you said like it works for some people but i think the best thing for me to re- right now is to just get as many different points of view on it and i think that's the book i'm gonna be reading next i think it's called um it's called eat to live someone
0: oh nice but that's so, cool yeah
1: so that's the book i'm gonna read next because i love reading like interpersonal books and like influencing people stuff like that but i do like reading like all different types of stuff including like biographies and autobiographies so
2: you heard of uh Dr. Josh Axe before, AXE. Yeah,
0: I like Dr. Axe. Yeah, he has he's good, stuff. good stuff.
2: Really? He, yeah, he's holistic, and he's... Uh, man, he's, he's super just, smart. He's a Josh. AX. Yeah. yeah, AXE. He has podcasts, He's and he's been uh, connected with Garden of Life. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, Jordan Rubin started it years ago. He did. Uh, he wrote the book, uh, Maker's Diet. Okay. And so I believe he had celiac disease. I can't remember exactly. Um but he went kind of that organic, um, grain free, and uh, anti inflammatory type okay. food. And he developed a Garden of Life oh. company, uh, cool. which basically is all organic and holistic. Right. And then sold it. But uh, he, he worked with uh, Josh Axe for, for many years. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I love that's that That's cool. Guy. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. He has I a lot of stuff, that. especially like the leaky him. gut, uh, syndrome okay. and, and gut health. Yeah. And repairing the gut first before you do anything else. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cause and, your core is your most important part of your body. If that's off balance, your entire body is. Yeah. So gotta work on that. Yeah. Gotta, gotta work on those abs, right? Heard that. Yeah. It's not uh, just, it's not just for the beach. It's for everything else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have abs after eating like that oh,
1: I manage it <laughs> uh, uh, keyword manage attempt right, to manage, yeah. uh, manage. you are
0: trial and error you're figuring out what works for you exactly still. got to do it um so I want to be respectful of your time and wrap up but if so someone who's stuck or you know it took you eight years running for the government where it's like it's not you and you know need to just find the change uh, what would you kind of recommend like to someone who just I'm in a lull? I don't know where to go what to do like with a small baby step where they can just you know a gentle push in the right direction
2: you know I I share with Tim a little bit like the new website I'm I'm launching um, and it's it's really cool kind of how that fits in with you with even being here right you know just at the right time Mm -hmm. Um, but it's called what you're on and it's really highlighting it's a platform to highlight individuals locally and globally of pursuing their passion and and what really brings out the best in them and sometimes we don't know that right like you're stuck somewhere Mm -hmm. and a lot of that could be choices that we made on our own right whether it's a career path um, you know when I got into my my career then I got loans and I was just overloaded with finances and it's it's hard to get out of and sometimes you feel stuck and um, I think you know with what you're on it's it's like trying to find that motivation that passion that you have we all are built with it even though we might have the same kind of career path we do it very differently we're very creative differently like say tim and i or whatever mm. you know that we're yeah. we're just different in, in the aspect to which it, we can approach it differently and so finding that purpose i think for each individual is acknowledging it first and then saying okay back to steps like how do i get into that position how do i make time for that you know we're in charge and it goes back to being cognizant of of your condition feelings emotions i it really goes right. back to that i'm trying to learn how to to do that so in each environment you are just not going through the motions okay because i feel like we set our schedules and then we bitch about our schedules <laughs> <laughs> i have to be here i have to do this yeah. i have to go do this i have to do th- well why, why do you have to do that? And yeah, we, we, but we set ourselves up, right? Even if you have God, children, so true. if you have I've kids, it's it the same way. thing. It's you have a choice, you have a choice to go to your job. You have a choice to be in the position you are. Um, you know, I didn't have the choice of my dad committing suicide, but I had the choice to make it into an advocation for others and for myself versus being a victim. And so there, there's there's things in our lives that we just, we can't control. But if you take ownership of it, even though it wasn't your decision, I took ownership of my dad. I took ownership of, of mistakes I made because it's kind of part of me. Mm. It doesn't define me, though. And I think that's where, you know, to help somebody get over their where they're stuck, I used to define myself of what position I was in because I was stuck. I'm this person. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Um, I don't have enough money. Um, it's the same thing. I think we want to be defined by who we are anymore, sexually, or mm. you know, there's all these different labels out there to where you know people ask me who I am. I'm like I'm me. I, I'm many different things. I don't define myself by anything other than what I want to be. Yeah, and um, that could be spiritually. That could be whatever it is. So I. I, I guess that'd be my advice. Is like, it, you, you can seek people that will, um, that have broken through those things, right? That are like you guys that are, that are focusing on helping others. Mm. And I think something like this is therapeutic, right? When, you, when you're helping. That's what somebody. we say yeah, after each so one. It's like, that we'll that get a time. beer and like, wow, I feel, yeah. I feel so yeah. much
0: better even though it's, didn't feel like bad earlier. It's just, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a therapy session. Like yeah. you said. It's I mean, just, you're talking
2: and that's what usually helping somebody else out is, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're talking to somebody and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I actually believe that. Why am I not implementing that in my life every day? Yeah, And it's just like, sometimes we just become overloaded or we get misdirected. Um, but you know, people can change. I've seen it and I don't, you know, it's just, there's not really an excuse. Um, you know, you can have positive energy, you can laws of attraction, all that kind of stuff I believe in, um, meditation, to to prayer and faith. Like, you know, God, you know, whatever God you believe in, God does want good things. He wants good things for us. And there's so much opportunity on this earth. It's just such a waste. Like I was just tired of living my life and a you know, wasting time. And it goes by quick. It goes by very quick. So no matter what your age, I guess I would say like you can make a change and find people that are positive Mm -hmm. that will help you make that change and, you know, really invest in others and help them make it. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's awesome yeah. look man that's i really cool. appreciate it dave this has been cool yeah first uh first guest on the show a yeah, good one with the, uh, yeah, yeah the, dude the i thought a
1: kind of conversation. Boy, i feel like every, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. everyone will get something out of this and yeah again we appreciate your time yeah thanks for out. uh thanks for coming man yeah it's thanks cool. guys this is awesome absolutely yeah. cool